Hello and welcome to Rebel FM, episode 42. I believe it's 42 because the last one recorded says Dude, 41. No, this is 45. Oh, we, we've just been oh. using the same file yeah. over and over again. Oh, if 45. it's 45, fuck, it might be 46. It's either 45 or 46, and either way, you've downloaded it. You were sure a minute ago that it was 42. I was. Well, I don't... Uh, you said it was such authority, you know, we, I was convinced. <laughs> I just went off that number of the save file, so... Come I on, just, 2010, um, down to. So yeah, this is our last podcast for 2009. Uh, I'm Anthony Gallegos. With me is Arthur Geese. Greetings. The ghost of Tyler Barber. Uh, hmm. The mic is all set up and everything. We've and then, it's like, he's like he's there. I wish we had a hat that we could just set on the and then, uh, And then hipster hat. Area I can do five, my Tyler voice. Area 5 is Matt Chandrenay. Yeah, I can do my Tyler voice. You're can you, Matt? That's, what do yeah. you got? Hey, hey, Tyler Barber. <laughs> Yo, that's totally clutch, dude. <laughs> oh. How do you feel about donuts, Tyler? <laughs> Donuts are fucking rad. <laughs> I don't know. Donuts are clutch too. You gotta. Yeah, every, <laughs> everything's clutch too. Um, and then, last but not least, we have. I'm Bit, sorry, Tyler. We have. Uh, I love you, Tyler. We have Bitmobs, Greg Ford. Hey guys, how's it going? Joining us from uh, from a, I don't know. He's here, but normally you're where? Uh, Indiana. Oh, it's a m- oh, true, true Midwest. No one cares about Indiana. I had no idea. I knew it was Midwest. It's not in California, right? I, basically, <laughs> I, California might as well be its own planet. I, I'm like, whatever goes on on the other rest of Earth, I do not know. <laughs> Indiana is what they call a flyover state. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, that's cool. I, I would like to... Now, all of your, <laughs> listen, yeah. all, all of your <laughs> listeners in Indiana have now turned you off. Perhaps yeah, you yeah. could muster a little more excitement than, that's cool. I've seen a lot of states. Maybe Indiana's red. It can't be any worse than Nebraska or Arkansas. No, they're, or, no, they're all fact, the same. I am pretty sure that it is better than Nebraska or Arkansas. And I'm sorry if you live in Nebraska or Arkansas, but I lived in Nebraska for six months. Yeah. And it scarred me for <laughs> Nebraska, I thought, when I did this Trivia Pursuit question the other day, asked me, which is the state with the highest amount of agriculture, like per space? And I was like, clearly that's Nebraska. It's not. It's Iowa. I did Man, not know yeah. that. It's been wow. kicking yourself for that one. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I played. Of course, when I get together with my family, we play Trivial Pursuit, and just and it's always like these ridiculously hard questions like that. Like, who knows that shit? Is that what you did for Christmas instead of seeing Sherlock Holmes? Uh, yeah, and my and my family all got drunk while they were playing. So awesome on uh, moonshine, on moonshine, badass. So uh, so we're here to talk about video games. It's going to be a shorter show. We're just going to do some games we've been playing, which in a lot of cases will be games that have already been out because I think people have been doing catch up. Yep. Um, I have some new stuff. And then we're going to answer some letters. I mean, I have new stuff too, but a lot of it we can't talk about yet, which sucks. Oh, on the tease. We can talk about all of it. <laughs> or Darksiders. I can't talk about Darksiders, the thing. I, right. s- I, I got to wonder how much Darksiders you could talk about because Game Informer posted their review. Uh, but again, that's an exclusive for a reason. You know? Money, money, money. Thank I'm not you. saying that. Thank you for the audio accompaniment <laughs> to my. But no, it's just you know. I mean, was that Tyler or radio? <laughs> yeah, that was that was my Tyler. I mean, the beginning. Coming. Like, I could probably talk about the very beginning of the game. But so, if he's Mini Matt, are you Uber Tyler? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Um. So yeah, let's let's let Greg kick it off. That was totally clutch. Since he's new, since he is his first time here, Greg. What games have you been playing? God, I've, I've been traveling, so not not many. You probably shouldn't have started with me, but no portables. Well, I have, but they're older ones. The no, first, that, I don't care yeah. how old it is. It's the first okay. last time playing? Greg Ford is yeah, on right? this podcast. <laughs> no, I, I think people want to hear about older games sometimes too. Do they I want? Do. do they want to hear about Zelda: The Minish Cap? Sure. I've never. I never even played that. I never played it either. Is it good? Is it? Is it one of the better well, handheld Zeldas? I don't know. <clears throat> I, 
I put it this way: I, I've been playing it over the course on and off for like two or three years, and I can't right. quite put, get myself to finish it. Tell me more. <laughs> so uh, I, I typically play on planes, pretty much exclusively. Right. Is it a GBA game? Yeah. Sweet. Well, so I had to consciously, you know, take out the little extra slot, put it in that game. <laughs> like, okay, I want to play this during this break, you know, during this time. Well, right. what would you rather have, though? Like a Zelda game you finish over the course of three years or something like the Phantom Hourglass, which I played for three and a half hours and walked away from consciously, never to play again. Yeah, and I think I did finish Phantom Hourglass in between. And <laughs> I, I, I liked it after I got past kind of like, I mean, I was annoyed by the dungeon you kept going to, but I found it. A lot like Wind Waker, which I think was one of the the best Zeldas that out there, and it had that. Did you have you tried the new one? The no, train and one? I actually I just ordered it off Amazon. It was like twenty five bucks on Amazon, so I finally ordered that. Mm. I, I will be playing that in the next couple of weeks or something. Word, but yeah, Minish Cap, you know, and it feels like those old GBA ones where you you can like God, I don't even know. I only played like through one dungeon before I was done with my flight or something. And you can, like, jump and stuff. It has that older school look to it, naturally. Mm-hmm. And the weapons seem actually a little bit more creative, though. You have this, like, you have the gust jar, so you can, like, suck things in and shoot them out. That's, like, never been... Is that in it's, other Zelda games? Not the... I like how somehow I'm the de facto Zelda scholar. <laughs> well, you've, you've played more than I have, which uh, is to say I've only I, ever I played, played almost one. all of them. No, that is, the, the Kirby mechanic is not something typically found in Zelda <laughs> games. Yeah, so it had that. And, oh, I mean, of course, it has the boomerang and... But it, what it was, and it had like that. Those boots that run, and it gives you a charging attack. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it's stuff that, you know, it, it, it worked. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, again, it, it doesn't. It didn't suck me. Like, what bugged me is that you have to do that shrinking thing. That's like kind of the big thing about it. You have to shrink yourself down and go into different passages. Hmm. Oh. I kind of like don't like redoing parts of dungeons, but this time small. You know, or gotcha. or backtracking so you can come back. Like, oh, I see a little door there. I gotta. Once go. you have bombs. You can blow it up no, or something. Can, no, you can't. You just get a little <laughs> bored of Honey, I Shrunk Zelda. Yeah. No, it, it gets old. You, know, you think, okay, I have to go back to the, the shrinking stump or whatever it is and a couple of screens back and then come back through and then go through it, you know, and then flip that switch, then turn big again. It, it, just, it becomes just too repetitive for me. And I, I just, and because of that, I just keep putting it down. I can't quite finish it. But when you do, when you beat a dungeon, it feels it still has that satisfaction too. You know, I'm like, all right, I got it all. I got the new item. I'm gonna use it against a boss. It's pretty cool. You have like you have a pair of digging claws. You put on these like mole claws and you dig through. <laughs> I just remember that. That's one I just got. Was this like a, a Zelda game that was like very much like a full release? Like I don't feel like. Yeah, no, I actually was it Capcom that did Minish Cap. Actually, I don't think so. It. You know, I, I, I don't I don't remember because it sounds cooler so than any it. other Zelda game I've played already. When you're talking about digging claws and stuff, yeah, they had. Well, yeah, it sounds like it had don't, like don't all. Go too far. <laughs> it sounds red. <laughs> That's it. why I'm at, I sounds mean, like it, it has a lot of great weapons that you know aren't so tied to tied to tradition. Yeah, and and I mean, like again, if they didn't have that whole mini part of it, you know, I think it would actually be a lot better for that because mm. that's almost kind of like the um, what the Ocean King thing and. Uh, in Phantom Hourglass, it's the part like you just kind of dread doing. Like I don't want to do this again, you know. Like, mm-hmm. You got to keep doing that. But then again, I- I'm kind of more of a stubborn gamer, so I-, I do try to finish all the games I have, or at least put some time in. So that's why I did finish Phantom-, Phantom Hourglass, and that's why I'm trying to finish this so I can like put it away for good, you know. And that's my <laughs> goal. And so I made a little more progress, and I don't know, I'll probably go back. But again, I'm not loving it. So, so 2013 Minish Cap will be completed. That is the world's <laughs> most dysfunctional video game relationship. <laughs> it, it, it's bad. But well, I mean, in general portable games, I don't play that often. I know I hear that, you know, you you play them in bed each night almost, you know, as you're yeah. going to sleep or something. 
I, I really don't play them at home at all. So it's only when I go on a trip like once or twice a year. And then I usually want to play like the latest Castlevania or something. You know, I something think that's that, true for most people. Yeah. And so for me, it, it does take years, even though I've only put in like 10 hours total. You know, it's yeah. not like I'm, you know, putting a lot of time into these games, but I want to get them done. And the other one I was playing was uh, GTA Chinatown Wars on the DS one. That's a good one. Yeah, I, that's one I've regrettably only gotten a couple of, like an hour and a half into. Mm-hmm. I yeah, and, I, and, I, and I, it had been probably six months since I played it. I quickly got back into it. It, it is really good. And, and I'm a big fan of the GTA series in general. And this one, I'm, I'm just impressed that they have, it has that, it has that huge lived-in city vibe to it. It really feels like a, a, like a, a real place, you know, and I, which that just impresses me to no end. And the fact that, that oh, DS. sorry, sorry. I'm just saying the fact that it's like 3D as much as it is and stuff, all that stuff I thought was, like the first when I saw screenshots, I was like, that's going to run so awful and look so bad. But then yeah. when you play it, you're like, wow, this like, it really works. Yeah. Yeah. And then like amazingly, the the driving trolls, uh, at first are kind of a little funny because I think it kind of straightens you out a little bit when you take a turn. It does. Yeah. But once you, once you kind of, once it becomes second nature, which it does pretty quickly, now I'm taking turns, like weaving through traffic, like I always do on the kind of the, the big boy ones or GTA four or whatever. And, you know, I'm digging it, you know, and then and the missions are all just like basically boil down to, you know, sh- attack, kill this guy or, you know, deliver this, you know, so it's nothing. I actually had some sense. fun with the drug trafficking stuff. Yeah. You know, what? I always get sidetracked by that. The whole GTA, man. <laughs> this is the weirdest conversations that spawn up. I love this. drug trafficking. Yeah, it's great. Well, I mean, no, if I, I mean, could yeah. only do it cross border. Well, I love, you know, you get the message like, oh, dude, I'm paying top dollar for crack you know bring right. as much as you can <laughs> yeah. by thursday and you'll know, get a great price and yep. in the markups you get are amazing you know yeah. it's like you, you get the market price you get your your purchase price and you get the selling price you know and like if you get like double like one time like i got 10 times what i had bought it for it was amazing i got like i totally 40, had a, a my my stash back at my uh, safe house was totally always full of drugs because i would if i happened to be driving by somebody that had something on sale i would just buy everything that he had because i'm like i'll be able to sell it at some point <laughs> yeah it's like season four of The Wire all over again. <laughs> and you guys are drug lords. <laughs> Fully. It's uh, it's actually what I'm thinking about doing on the side to make money while we try to make Area 5 work. There you I'm, go. I'm curious, Greg, because we never had you on the show before ever. Yeah. Um, it, I'm going to talk about a game we've talked about a lot real quick. Have, did you ever play Red Faction, Gorilla? I just no, feel like and, I, I just feel like that's a game you would love, and, and I want to like a lot because you guys talk about it a lot, and, I, and it sounds great. Well, and you've loved their other games. I know you liked Saint Ro- Saint Row Two a lot. I yeah, mean, yeah, I'm a fan of that series too. <laughs> this I, podcast is actually why Greg has not played that game. <laughs> we're not fucking. We just brought, sat you down here to actually <laughs> ask you that and call you out. Damn, you got some THQ reps in the back if you like to them. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, no, I didn't see him back there. Yeah, and I wanted to play that. And I missed a few games this summer because I was in the process of moving and yeah. helping, you know, helping out with Bitmob at the time, you know, and doing all that stuff. I would just I missed a lot. I missed Prototype as well. And Red Faction which, and Prototype came out during E3, which doesn't help. Yeah, because there were those in Infamous, and so I made sure to play Infamous. You know, that's the one I played. You made a good call. And, right, and, but I always wanted to play, and then the other two were Ghostbusters and Red Faction Guerrilla. And mm. I didn't get to either of those. You can comfortably I think, avoid Ghostbusters. To be right, fair, right. as I'm sitting here giving you shit, I've neither I've played neither Red Faction or Ghostbusters. So <laughs> there you go. I think <laughs> I haven't played Ghostbusters, but I, I think Red Faction is probably a better game than Infamous. At least it was for me. I yeah, I think so. I think it was mm. a lot more interesting stuff. It just wasn't a console mm. exclusive. So is that all you've been playing recently, Greg? And then before I left, um, I played. Uh, I did. I beat Assassin's Creed too. Nice. Oh. <clears throat> 
Awesome. Yeah, I just, and actually, I did it like on a rental, so I like, took like five days or something, just like kind of blew through it. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Greg, five days, man, that must have been intense. And, you know, I, I re-rented it for two more, so it was like seven total, but I took like, six days to beat it. And, and that was almost like a dumb thing to do because, I, I, you know, the first day into it, after I got over the learning curve or like, you know, reacclimating myself to the admittedly complex controls, I think you're convoluted. It, holding down three buttons or, or two, you know, two buttons and running forward just to run up a wall. I always thought that was just too much, you know, it should be made easier than that. Hmm. But once I got kind of past that, get back into the fighting system, all the timing, I, I loved it. I was thinking this game is amazing. This game is great. And then by day five, I'm like, I want this to end, you know, just because, <laughs> I want, because again, I wanted to beat it. I wanted it to be done. You know, I wanted to play it, finish it and be done with it. This segment and out, you know, be move on. Because it does last a really long time. It is a really long game. Well, especially if you're doing all the side missions. Yeah, and I did. I did most of them. I, I didn't do all the feather, collect all the feathers. Right. You know, I, but everything else, I pretty much was on top of. Although I stopped doing the races and that kind of stuff. Did you feel compelled discovered. to discover the truth? I did. Was that getting all twenty? Yeah. Yeah. All twenty was, videos. Yeah, I got all those. Yeah. It's yeah. Not very hard. Yeah, those are because at least they show you on the map where those are. Yeah. So you can actually find those. And I mean, yeah, it was great. Like there were so many layers to it. It was amazing and so much better than the first one. I mean, I, I was just blown away just by. The variety there and how the mission structure is actually a lot like GTA's where you just get a mission from some some person mm-hmm. and then you just go do it and it's always different it's not like do one of three things like the first one it's no it's just like a constantly evolving story that you're just following you know mm-hmm. just talking to different people I think that worked really well for it and just it was totally so massive agree. too and I yeah I built up my friggin my pad you know back yeah. there and <laughs> all the paintings and stuff I really dug it, but yeah, I think I burned myself on it just by doing it too quickly. So you're not yeah. going to run it again when the DLC comes out in a week uh, or two? No, probably not. It sounds like a bad idea when you're going to school full-time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the biggest thing, because I, I just finished finals when I rented it. I'm like, all right, I need, oh. I need to play a good game. <laughs> yeah, and, I remember that. Yeah, I don't know why I'm doing that again. That's <laughs> just like, like I'm like, oh, I forgot how much papers, projects, you know, and finals just suck. yeah. It is nice, though, when you're like, I have five days to do nothing, yeah. and I will use these five days for every moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I did. And then and the only other thing I played, like at my brother's, I played just Modern Warfare 2. Let's and talk I, about that, because I've been playing that, too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and actually just a lot of... Uh, I had finished you know, a single player a couple weeks ago, or a month ago, and I played some spec off. So I was just playing competitive now. In this, I, I, I usually just turn on a podcast, you know, turn down the sound, and I just you know, zone out and play it. Man, mm-hmm. that, that game is, like, super addictive. I played, like, four hours of it yesterday. But at the same time, that game frustrates me incredibly with, like, some of the things that I, I like, man, more so than the original. When one team starts winning now, it can be, like, a, a total landslide. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, like mm-hmm. or at least in the games I was playing, I don't know if people were just, like, uh, super high level and they had really good kill streaks. But it seemed like every game I was playing, someone was getting either the helicopter that you can control the turret of mm-hmm. or an AC-130, and then it was just like, mm. just steamrolled <laughs> us. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. Well, the, uh, but, like, if you can get somebody with a stinger, though, like, the helicopter goes goes down instantly. You as have long to be as... really... I mean, what what level do you unlock the stinger? I 50. don't know. 50. Are you 50? fucking serious? Wow. No, it's not 50. It is. I saw Ryan get his stinger, and he wasn't at 50. Is that a stinger just or just, like, a standard rocket because i have those like you get those right away yeah did those lock on you know i hear it like they do but those they don't take down a hind like in one shot or a harrier Mm -hmm. as far as i knew you had to uh you didn't get to level 50 
because that was that was why we were when that hack was out or that glitch everyone was doing with the stinger oh so well, maybe no, that's I a just, javelin that javelin a... never mind javelin's level 50 okay i'm okay. dumb <laughs> javelin okay. level 50 stinger unknown yeah <laughs> so, i mean the default rocket that you have you don't have rpgs anymore you have like the rocket that lo- the locks on which is great but it doesn't most of the higher level kill streak stuff it doesn't take out in one shot and, mm. and i guess i mean i really should start taking a rocket you're right because i hardly ever live long enough to ever use my sidearm <laughs> yeah because i always take like a machine pistol but very rarely have i ever had a chance to actually use it yeah so maybe i will uh, yeah. like and and here i am like talking about like i'm some call of duty expert but i <laughs> i all i've played is the single player and a little bit of spec ops Maybe you were channeling your Tyler again at that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Tyler loves that. Loves that game. But yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it is it is really fun. Like, like there's a reason there were a lot of awards that I argued for at the Game Spike year, year the Game of the Year awards. Mm. You know, but when it came to multiplayer Game of the Year, it was like it, it wasn't even a debate for me. I really, was like, I mean, I I do recall us having a conversation a few weeks ago about Battlefield 1943 actually being a more enjoyable. Tyler likes experience. it more, but I I just understand. I just think that. Uh, Battlefield 1943 is a fantastic multiplayer game, but I just think that there's something about... Uh, I've never played 1943 for as long as I would do Call of Duty or the new one. Like There's just something about it, especially that, that mode, Team Deathmatch Express. I would have never have tried that if Paul hadn't tried it first, but I really like that mode. It's just like rounds where it probably takes less than 10 minutes, probably only like 6 minutes per round. It's just mm. like super fast. It, it, the match ends super quickly. Wait, is that Modern Warfare? Or is that yeah, Modern Warfare Two? Really? Team Deathmatch Express. It's like six minute rounds, map rotation, really quick. It, it doesn't take very long at all for teams to win. Huh? And it and you know and in a way, it, if you're caring about the level grind, you get that bonus at the oh, end. Right. You know, so you're getting that a lot more frequently. I should try that. So yeah, Team Deathmatch. It is really fun. If you did, like, a lot of times when I would play regular Team Deathmatch and stuff, I would find that I would like join. And then after that one round, I'd see what the next map is and leave. But in this one, because the rounds are so short, I usually stay in one lobby. And so does everyone generally, just like sit in one lobby for a long time. Hmm. And it is super easy to get lost in the same way that like when you're doing like really quick fetch quests in WoW, you can <laughs> lose track of your life. In the same, Dragon Age. In, yeah, and in the same way in this one, it's like every six minutes you're doing a new level. So you're like, oh, one more. Right. One, right. More. <laughs> one more. And then all of a sudden the sun's coming up. So. Well, I mean, that was Paul. Yeah. This week. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do really enjoy it. I I, uh, I and I also find more so than I ever did in the original Call of Duty uh, because I actually do want to get to certain levels that I actually will switch up the weapon I'm using because they've made it to where they reward you so much yeah. for like if you're using the M16, you never use anything with the M16, you'll never get all that experience. Like you killed ten people with this gun. And then I'll be like, all right, now I got that. Switch to another gun. Kill 10 people with it. Switch to another gun. Just, like, go out of my way to do these little micro-achievements that I would never care about otherwise. Yeah, the way that the way that Dan Shu put it um, was uh, it's like 10,000 carrots on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> and they're always pretty easy to obtain, but there's always yeah. 100 more. Yeah. So. Wow. You know, I, I more adopted Tyler's method when I heard him going through each weapon. Yeah. So now I went back to the M4, and I'm just going through that. I have, like, one more part of that to get. And I, I like that though, because like rather than outthink yourself, like I gotta, I'll use this loadout for this level. You just play. You just play it, and you mm. get better and better with that gun. And now I'm making doing long range shots with this gun that isn't really made for that, you know. And it's, I feel like I'm getting better because of it. 
I, I think your way of playing is is arguably smarter than mine. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's smarter if you want to win, but if you want to grind up levels and get... I really want to get to level 19 is my current goal. I'm 16, mm. and I want to be 19 because then I can play hardcore team deathmatch. Yeah, I got to switch so. over because I did get to 22 now, and I do want to... I used to play hardcore, yeah. and I just keep doing big team uh, big team battles. I do want to do some big team battles too, yeah. I mean, I, in general, I actually find that... There, the one thing I will say that I don't like about the multiplayer is I find that there are less maps that I like in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 than the f- mm. first Modern Warfare. Like There are a lot of maps that I, I like grown at on this I one. I hate Infinity Ward forever for calling it Call of Duty 4 than Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I should it. just call it Modern Warfare 2. Not a like, fucking podcast goes by where it's brought up where someone doesn't like get mixed up in what nomenclature or number it is. <laughs> yeah, Call of right. Duty 6, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I, I've been having a, a great time with that. Yeah, I, no, I, it, it is. It still it it still has that hook to it, you know. And I, I can't wait to get home so I can continue playing. It, that's basically. I, I mean, for me, it's like the next Modern Warfare. I honestly wouldn't care if all it was was like Spec Ops missions and a new multiplayer. Like, <laughs> I don't necessarily need or really want that single player thing as much mm. from them these days. The multiplayer really is like. Well, because the single player on Modern Warfare 2 was pretty disappointing. For me, anyways. But Yeah, no, it was underwhelming. And, like, I played through it once. Yeah, I feel like the obligation. Like, play through it once, mm-hmm. see everything they have to offer, see some great set pieces, and then I don't need to play it again. I didn't yeah. even find the set pieces to be that good. I found the set pieces in the first Call of Duty to be better. They were, wait, Modern Warfare 1 here. Modern no, Warfare. No, the first Call of like Duty. Call of Duty? Ah, yeah, really? The, the, the set pieces in the original Call of Duty, I remember, like, the, huh. the, D, the Normandy landing and everything. Well, the first like, time you saw Normandy landing and that or Medal of Honor, you were like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was, yeah that it, was, was it was fucking great. Yeah, I should download that because it gives you the free code. It does. Yeah, I, I tried to play Call of Duty, the original, and it's real hard to go back. Oh, I Is bet. it? Yeah. I mean, well, you, just the jump from Call of Duty to Call of Duty 2 was pretty huge. Like, I don't know if you remember how much people bitched about the changes that they made. I mean, they basically mm. took on a Halo model for almost everything. Huh. Like, yeah, there were health packs in yeah, the first like, one. You have to select oh. grenades to throw mm-hmm. them. You have multiple weapons. Mm-hmm. There are health packs. Just the way that it, it right. moves and feels. I just remember feeling like that the set pieces in the first one, and like, I remember being totally blown away by the... Uh, probably the first couple Call of Duties by their set pieces. Cause that's oh, yeah, what, Call of Duty 2 as well. Th- that They define, like, set pieces to me in terms hmm. of, you know, like, first-person shooter action games. And that is then, 100% true. Yeah, and Call of, and Modern Warfare 2, I hardly ever felt that, you know. Like, yeah. I thought it was cool to be, you know, fighting around a, a you know, a, a burger town in a Taco Bell or whatever. <laughs> See, I, like, thought that, that was, I, actually really I thought liked that was cool. Yeah, but I always like, like it when they bring it to yeah. your backyard or something because like yeah. I, that's kind of what you mentioned as kids when you're playing guns in the backyard yeah it's essentially <laughs> what you're doing at that yeah, point yeah it is my issue with modern warfare 2 is just low, like it got so gonzo about it it's just like piling these ridiculous set pieces on top of each other over and over again <laughs> it's like okay so we're fighting a burger time and there's the big boy over there okay we're fighting through this like gated community oh there's the white house and it's blown up Oh, we're going to destroy a space station. Now right. planes are going to fall out of yeah, the sky. Yeah, now helicopters are falling everywhere. Now something I won't say because it's a spoiler. Well, see but... like the 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 battle the battle on, you know, with the White House and the helicopters falling out of the sky. That was the only time in Modern Warfare 2 where I felt like I was on a set piece. Hmm. Like every everywhere else just felt like, you know, a, another combat map. I will say that uh the best combination you can do if you have access to Netflix hmm. is to uh to it's like wine paired oh, with a fine cheese. <laughs> you should play Modern Warfare 2, yes. and then when you need a break, you watch 
future weapons then you go back to modern warfare 2 because it, it's funny because you'll see all these guns and future weapons that are totally in modern warfare 2 nice mm-hmm. like the aa12 automatic shotgun mm-hmm. totally an experimental weapon it's in there you know you'll and you'll learn all these things you'll be like ah yes now i do know about this machine gun <laughs> so if we check your profile whatever gun was featured that's ranked if know, i have it, it if i have it unlocked yeah <laughs> you both unlocked that shotgun last night right i, I don't know I no, I used it once, and I was like, "This is awesome!" I, oh, yeah. it. I saw it on someone dead, and I was like, "It's mine." I think you're about to you're about to unlock it because you're right behind me. But yeah, I mean, I uh, that is such a cool like that show is like a total say what you will about it. It's silly and it's got the most fuck yeah dude leading it, but it's like <laughs> it goes so well with Modern Warfare just because it's so it's it just stokes that same nerdy part of you that's like, "Yeah, guns." Yeah. Nice, yeah. So it's good to have that thing to break it up because I've noticed that our sort of Call of Duty play sort of enjoyment curve is like start out sort of minimally interested, have it slowly go up to this like really high point, and then have it abruptly drop off. Yeah, you know you have like that one round that you're just like so furious, furious uh, like how bad it went. You're like you're like one in twenty, and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? It's cheating. I just maybe, want- we, maybe we played against Ice T. I last night I wanted to call someone out for cheating and I was like, no, I will not be that guy. But man, that, there was just this one guy that was. <laughs> well, anytime it ends with a tactical nuke, you're like, no, no, that's not. not yeah, gonna happen. No, that never happened. It's just this one guy that was just running around all the time with double pistols. He never stopped running, and like he was just. You know, most of the time when accurate. people run around in Modern mm-hmm. Warfare Two and they run around like a psychopath, they usually have pretty even kill to deaths. Like they may have really high kills, but they usually have a lot of deaths because they're just running into everyone. Sure. This guy was like, f- fucking, I don't know. Steven Seagal, <laughs> circa 1990, he would run in and fucking just kill everyone. And, and we, we would marked. all drop. We were all marked for death. Yeah, he would just roll in and kill everyone. And we were like, no way. <laughs> what, what, what were the pistols he was using? Uh, USPs, I believe. Dual USPs. Dual USPs. USPs. Yeah, and he would just, just open that He up. had infinite sprint and he would just run at us yeah. all the time. And what just, did he kill me with the USB again? <laughs> yeah, God damn it. I see the, I've seen those guys with the double shotguns now. Uh, uh, the and, ones that they twirl to reload yeah, or whatever. And, yeah. But the thing is that you're killing me at range, which that just pisses me off, you know, farther than I think they should be able to. Yeah. And like, one time I just flashed by his screen, like, and then through a crack, and he had shot, and I went down. I'm like, there's no way you even hit me. You even saw me in enough time. I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Well, earlier today, I had a really good game where I'm pretty sure people might have thought I was cheating because for the first time, I decided to take a machine gun, and I realized how big my clip was. So as soon as I never stop, as soon as I got that, I'd see someone run through a doorway, and I would just start doing the guessing game. Like you're probably over here, and then eventually, you know, you see that little hit indicator, and I'm like, okay, and I'd kill them. I know they're probably just thinking, like, what the. That's right. what I was doing last night, like, and I've never done that in a Call of Duty game before. But for some reason, it's just super effective. And, and they love re- rewarding you for that. They gave you the like the see through walls. Yeah, thing yeah. yeah, they do. I know they reward you for everything. <laughs> like, and then I would like do it while crouching. They'd be like, "You killed ten guys while crouching." I'm like, "All right, now just, I'm gonna go lay down somewhere." It channels that Goldeneye Perfect Dark thing. Yeah, where it oh, rewards yeah. people. Um, what else have uh, people been playing? Uh, well, you're looking at me, so I guess I'll go. Chandrinay. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> Uber Tyler. What have uh, you been playing? <laughs> so it's a little bit of older games for me, too. Um, we did a, a multiplayer special on co-op for this week's episode, and we talked very briefly about Tribes. Like, I think I just oh, mentioned wow. it. Huh. Tribes 2, actually. So I Are people still so, playing Tribes 2? Yeah, there's a, a community. Well, the game was released for free after uh, after Sierra closed down all the servers. They released I Tribes 2 for this. free. Yeah. And, uh, but there, is, there wasn't anybody running servers. There was no, like, because <clears throat> Tribes, 
two, you had an online account that you signed into, like through Sierra's online thing or whatever, I guess. And uh, but anyway, um, the uh, there's a community out there. So you can go to tribesnext.com and you can download Tribes Two, and then you download their Tribes Next patch, which you know creates an account on their servers, so you can play it just like Tribes Two, and then. It, has the full-on serverless and everything yeah there's totally there's enough there's a good 20 or 30 servers running at any one time and there's always at least one that has you like know, a good population yeah has 30 to 50 people in it so i uh so i i downloaded it and i started and tribes 2 like people have probably tired of me saying this by now but tribes 2 is my favorite multiplayer game of all time i i know plenty of people that would agree with you <laughs> tribes 2 is one of those games that either you love it or you just don't understand why people do. It's, it's just because it's so fast. Yeah. It's like the same way that like playing Quick 3 or using the environment and doing absurd jumps and shooting mm-hmm. people out of the air. It's mm-hmm. like Tribes totally has that, except then yeah. it has like absurd vehicles. Yeah, and, and you have fucking jetpacks, you know. Exactly, and, and, and jetpacks. And the, the whole skiing thing, like you, you, you can dress in super heavy. I'm, I'm hardly ever heavy, but like you can dress in the super heavy armor where you walk at a snail's pace. But you use a little bit of a jetpack. You go skiing down a hill, and then you then you use your jetpack up the other rock side it. of the hill, and you rock it. And you're fucking going like you know 300 miles an hour, like in this heavy armor, like over toward the enemy base. And like you just see shit like that happen all the time. And like the crazy stuff that happens with vehicles in that game, and the base deployment. And like my favorite thing is to be a, a sniper usually, but and uh, I usually try to be a sniper on defense, sometimes on offense. But the uh, that game is just totally sucked me in again like i i just captured a little bit of footage for our show and then i played it for like the next five days straight like <laughs> just like whenever i had a few minutes to sit down i would hop in and play a game and i'm like man this grabs me just as much as it did back oh, when wow. i played it when i first played it i had no idea that yeah. is uh that it was free i mean i yeah. had, i had an idea that it was awesome yeah I, <laughs> I just haven't played it since like years ago you should totally give it a shot it's it's just as playable as it always was like it, it blows because like a, a lot of games a lot of shooters i don't think age well you know um uh quake ages very well because you can play quake for free now too you can play it in your web browser at quake no i i tried to quake play three quake. arena that is i tried to play quake in the browser back when it was still in beta and i just couldn't get into it but i mean maybe i just was never that uh, into quake enough well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, you have to have played enough of it to, like, I think be into it or whatever. But I, th- I think it ages well. Like, it's still, it's it's so fast and it's such a skill game, you know. And the and Tribes 2, I think, actually ages very well, too. Especially because that massive open world formula that Tribes 2 has, um, nobody has done since. I mean, like, the Battlefield games kind of do it, but you can't. Do they're not like, fast enough. They're not fast enough, and you can't do all of the the base building stuff that you can do with tribes. Like tribes, you can, you know, you can deploy sensor jammers. You can deploy remote inventory stations. You know, you the uh, you missile turrets, and like there's all kinds of crap you can do in that game. And and it's it surprised me. I'm like playing this. I'm like, man, I can't believe how well balanced this game is. For as much as you can do in tribes, it is very very well balanced. You know, it's like there's a there can be, you know, I'm a sniper in my lightweight armor. There can be a heavy coming straight at me, and as long as I'm skilled enough, I'm going to beat that heavy. You what know, if even the though heavy he's is like, skilled enough, or if the heavy's skilled enough, he's going to beat me. You know, like there's no real 100% always winning combination, in spite of all of the crap that you can do in that game and all the combinations of weapons and gear that you can have. See, so yeah, I've been playing that, and I've been playing Mass Effect again on my PC because I want to. 
I want to have my PC save ready for when Mass Effect 2 comes yeah, out. Yeah, I need to. Uh, I restarted Mass Effect a while ago. But uh, you still have a completed save already, don't you? I don't know if I still have that completed save anymore or not. I That's I why I check. had to play it again. Is I, I played most of the way through again on my PC, and then my hard drive crashed. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Curse you, lack of Steam yeah. Cloud support. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm supposed to do the review for Mass Effect 2, and I'm hoping that we get retail code for just that reason. Yeah. But, yeah, Mass, Mass Effect is still a great game, too. It's funny because after playing Dragon Age and loving Dragon Age so much, going back to Mass Effect, I can, I, it really does feel like, wow, they've, uh, they've totally improved on some of the some essential things like characterization and writing is improved in Dragon's Age over Mass Effect. And it was funny because I remember the first time I played Mass Effect, you know, it was like, the RPG pinnacle for me at the time, and now that's Dragon Age, and I'm yeah. I'm only no, hoping that like you know Mass Effect Two even leapfrogs Dragon Age. Like, it's weird to think of like you know franchises in competition from the same developer, but it almost feels like they are. Like they're trying to, like Bioware is constantly trying to one up itself with every RPG that comes out. Yeah. And that's a good sign. It shows that they're evolving and yeah. always pushing the bar for you know, and that's that's good. Yeah. Rather than just kind of repeat the same thing over and over. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, mean, I like internal competition. Actually, that's a great idea. Yeah. I just don't know who I have to fuck at Biosoft to get a good inventory system. Bioware. Bioware. You mean Bioware. 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 Did I but yeah, Biosoft? I Biosoft. You said yeah, Biosoft. Yeah, you meant. Uh, well, but, maybe I have to fuck <laughs> someone at Biosoft and Bioware to get a good inventory system. I don't know. Is the inventory system in It's not great in Dragon too. Age. I don't know what the inventory system is like in Mass Effect. It's 2. not. Yeah, it's it's better in Dragon Age. I mean, they have the one menu that's like the other menu that has way too much crap in it. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Fallout Three actually did a pretty good job with its inventory system so. by making health items and ammo not count against that because that really sucked in Oblivion. Mm. But uh, mm. that's definitely not the case in Dragon Age. Like you have all this alchemical stuff taking up a bunch of room and yeah, health. I just sold all that crap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a rogue. I have to make stuff. You can't buy it pre-made. Uh, it's cheaper. It's significantly it, it may be cheaper, cheaper, but inevitably, in every RPG I've ever played, by the end, money ends up being like the most worthless thing. On gold and Dragon have. Age is pretty. It's pretty. It's stingy. actually they they are pretty stingy with the money in that it's game. Like, I like, did have a lot at the end, but like I did just I got rid of all of my trap making and alchemical stuff or whatever. Unless it was to you know how you can give your stuff to the people in your camp so that the end battle goes better for you like i gave so i gave a lot of my stuff away but everything else i just sold just to clear out inventory space i don't know i've had a lot of luck using uh traps and flasks as a rogue i like, never used any of them that's my oh shit button it's like i am surrounded by four dudes time to throw down an acid flask and do <laughs> like a hundred damage to everyone yeah i should totally have done more of that like i tend to do that a lot in in games as i don't use those in RPGs is I don't use those periphery abilities enough, even though they can tend to be really cool. And this time while I'm playing Mass Effect, I'm playing a, a Vanguard again because I just wanted to imitate my Xbox save, so I didn't want to try something new. Um, but I'm playing a Vanguard again. <laughs> the unknown is scary. Yeah. That yeah. seems like a waste, though. If there's you know, anything that I know, Mass I, play I, a game again. I know, it, but it's like it's it's kind of like I want to transfer my Xbox save to my PC, if and since I can't that do Mass that, Effect I'm playing it the exact us, same yeah. way. If there's anything Mass Effect has taught us, it's that the unknown is frightening. <laughs> do you play with a custom-made-looking character in Mass Effect? Yes. Is, yes, he, is he made to look like a... Like an amalgamation of like you and superhero. If you were a superhero, oh no no, I play as a, a woman in Mass Effect. Oh, okay, because Arthur's is like roughly made to like 
like look like him in the sense that it's like if he was if, like a super buff. If Arthur went and robbed the liquor store down the street, <laughs> and they were like, "What did you see?" They'd be like, "I saw a white dude. <laughs> he didn't have hair. <laughs> he uh, was about this tall. He's got sort of deep set eyes and this weird cro magnum brow thing." And so, the, and that's and then they would make Arthur's character on Mass Effect just like mine. I tried yeah. to like kind of lean towards me and eventually I just gave up yeah. and just made like the most generic looking because there's been no character creator that does curly hair effectively yeah that's, that's true. true but I um, mean it's true even still like I tried to do me with a flat top wasn't I happening. feel like <laughs> you are in a stage that I was in when I would play D&D as a teenager where yeah. I would like pick these classes where I don't want to pick anything where I can run out of stuff <laughs> and then as I got older, I was like, I kind of like using up stuff. Well, that I just don't like to play where I know I'm going to play a class that will make it considerably more challenging for me. Like, mm. uh, you don't, or do I don't, you? I don't like, like playing like the way you played Oblivion where you play as a character that shoots arrows and stuff. It's like slower and you have to, I, I did just... that with, Obli- I did, but with Oblivion, I, pl- I played as a stealth rogue character yeah that's what i did and i mean eventually in oblivion just the shit you do with arrows is ridiculous yeah it is like you you'll you'll see like this giant demon thing and you're you have like full 110 percent stealth or whatever so there's he can't see you even when you're standing right next to him so every attack is a sneak attack and you fire your arrow once into his head and his body ragdolls away like he got shot with a cannon (laughs) that i mean that like it got to the point where i could do an oblivion gate run in about three minutes yeah well arthur just got to where he didn't even care about whether he was seen you yeah, just run too. in there full speed, yeah. go grab the gem, and just destroy the whole gate, and everything would be chasing him. Yeah, the well, time. like I would get into one, and then I'd know, realize I had to go into another, and I would basically base jump out of the uh, out of the tower. Like I would jump and then hit like something I probably wasn't supposed to on the way down, stop myself, then do that again and again and again. <laughs> Plus, there were only like three in Oblivion. There was only like three tower, like three yeah. demon hole setups. Yeah, yeah, so he would be like, okay, this is we're running Plan B. Yeah. So yeah. it's like a play- football playbook. <laughs> but Mass so, yeah, Effect, Ma- Mass Effect, and Tribes Two are the two most recent things I've been hmm. playing. Is it any more stable on PC than it was? Uh, f- uh, the last time I played was on Windows XP, and it was terrible. It was crashing all the time. But on Windows Seven, it's been fine for me this whole time. I've been playing it nineteen twenty by twelve hundred with everything turned up, and it runs like a dream. And people's faces <laughs> are awesome. They still. They never did release a patch that fixed Garrus's face. The uh, um, the Turians in your party. Yeah, what's wrong with Garrus's face? On the PC version, his face is super low res. It looks like even lower res than the Xbox version. Huh. It's like a really, really awful, terrible bug, and they've never fixed it. So it the sucks. entire time you're talking to Garrus, like uh, the model is high res, but the texture on it and everything, it, it looks like he's got a facial mask on or something. It's like, <laughs> it's like he's a character from a last gen game. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so off putting, and it's just something they never fixed. Do you I, just uh, leave yeah. him out of your party? <laughs> no, I have to take him with me because he's the only one that has a high enough decryption skill to to hack a lot of things in my party. So I'm always having to like have this muddy faced guy walking around in my party ruining it for everybody. <laughs> Can else. I use my special dice? What about you, Anthony? Um, well, it's been a ton of Modern Warfare two, and then I've actually been playing through uh, the Curse of Monkey Island, the special edition one. Oh, or nice! The Secret of Monkey Island special edition. Nice. That game is I really mean. hard. It is. Uh, I mean, I was really grateful that I remembered. Oh uh, yeah, about I've never played the original. Oh, so okay. So this is my first time. And yeah. did you get it on Steam? Uh, actually, I have it on my iPhone. Cool. Because <laughs> <I've been> <laughs> wow. it works actually really well. Yeah. Um, 
and uh but it's super challenging like i like it's probably sad how many hints i've ended up using because like there's been a couple times that you know i know it keeps track of the amount of hints you've used Mm -hmm. but i've had to use a lot because the you know it tries to do the whole route of the first hint it gives you is only kind of indicative of what you're supposed to do and then by mm-hmm. the third one it's like idiot go here yeah <laughs> but there's been a couple i've been so lost that i've just had to go straight to the idiot one yeah you know and uh it is it's good and the storyline and the writing's really funny and i think the special edition one makes it even like better because i've played the other monkey island game mm-hmm. so having the original voice actors there uh-huh. three done artwork that's all really cool but uh yeah just those puzzles are like like so like they don't they really don't make sense it's like at one point i had to combine like a chicken and an egg beater or something to make like a pulley system or something. Yeah, you have to make a, a pulley chicken so that you can get across the rope. Duh. Yeah, exactly. It's a kind of logic that's just sort of been lost well, in well, game design well, since Well, but then. the Monkey Island, as far as adventure games are concerned, is kind of unique because like other adventure games never made any sense to me at all. But Monkey Island, when you look at it, like the stuff that they have you do makes comedic sense. You know, it doesn't make like straight up logic sense, but it makes like if you're thinking in terms of a comedian, it kind of makes sense. Well, there's even little things that I like, you know, there's a part where you have to find a helmet so you can do a cannon trick to get money. But <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know what to use for a helmet. Right. I never saw that there was a soup pot I could use and put on my head. Right. Or would that have even occurred to me? Right. Well, that, that's just common sense right there. Yeah. <laughs> apparently so. Yeah. What I, do I'm, you use a soup I'm pot I'm still for? only 18% of the way into the game, you know, and I, I, it's like uh, this most slow. Yeah, but going process but, i mean that that is indicative of just that type of adventure game i mean i played through all the king's yeah. quest back in the day oh yeah and, and, it, and that's what it is there's these they, they really don't make sense at all and you just have to think as a developer and just like what items do i have and what can interact with something on the screen and at some point yeah just yeah, doing just, the whole like every item search, trying yeah. every item yeah I for mean, some I, reason that was acceptable like we we did that i know? loved <laughs> sam and max the original and sam and max definitely had one puzzle that i can distinctly remember at my grandpa's house and I could not beat it and there was no internet back then right. mm-hmm. and uh, I called my friend long distance which my mom did not like because I did it without <laughs> her permission and I called him long distance to ask how to get past this one part in Sam and Max and he was like okay you just combine the fur and you combine Max together and you'll form a Yeti that's like a very key part, part <laughs> so yeah it didn't make any sense but uh, yeah I mean I, I, I have played these before and I like it enough that despite how challenging and fucking yeah. frustrating I can get when I stop dead, I'm still playing it. You know. Yeah, I gotta play. Cool. Like, I picked it up on Steam when it was on sale, and I haven't played it yet. But and I realized I, you know, I never played the original, so I, I know it's gonna be a pain in the ass. I'm almost afraid to do it because of that. It's like, do I want to put myself through that torture? It does conveniently have though a really good hint system. That's yeah. good. That's on the good. iPhone, all you do is you shake it whenever you want a hint. Oh, that's cool. And. Uh, that's- put, Logical. What, what yeah. if you're on like the what bus the and you know you go over? You have, a bump. To, get, you have to give it a pretty good <laughs> shake <laughs> to, to get a hint. Again, this sounds perfectly logical because by the time you're that frustrated, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, it, you know, and it does cool things like turning it vertical is how you save your game. Brings up the menu when you turn oh, it vertical, nice. stuff like that. And two swipes of the finger will switch it back and forth between the old and the mm-hmm. the new right. style. Freaking brilliant, yeah. But uh, yeah, it is. It's a fantastic like iPhone port. Like I would, I would love to play all my old adventure games on an iPhone. But yeah, um, but yeah. But beyond that, I and Call of Duty, I really haven't been playing all that much because well, it's not now, like nothing new has come out, right? No, we're and not, I'm we're just not missing been, anything big here. Are and we? I was addicted to Fallout Three, and that took right. up a lot of my time. I, Did I, you finish that final? I have. I beat the storyline. I'm doing the Broken Steel stuff. That's it for me, though. Once I finish Broken Steel, the games. You're not going to do the other expansions. I've done them all. Oh, already. okay. 
He has so. actually at this point played through more Fallout Three content than I have. I think. Uh, I believe. He's, huh. I believe that's right. How many cool. hours are you out on your? Server? I don't even know. I have a little thirty uh, character though. Yeah, I I played all the expansions too. It's great. The expansions in particular are just. I mean, yeah. like no other game does DLC like except for maybe Borderlands. But the first one, I don't know about the second one. But the, I'll talk about that in a minute. The first one's a lot more. Well, I mean, talk about it now. Well, no, I was just going to say, I I feel like Bethesda has just like come so far from the horse armor era <laughs> to this. Like from offering the thing that was what everyone was afraid of, of regarding downloadable content yeah, but even, to offering what everyone had hoped downloadable content But even within like a, a couple of months of horse armor, they had content that yeah, was but, what I people mean, wanted. Did you ever get any of that stuff? I had it all. I played it all. I beat every single piece of that. Those like, extra quest content. I did a lot of them, and I just didn't feel like they were particularly that interesting, especially for my character. I downloaded oh, the man. Pirates Cove one. What was that called? It was free. Was it Pirates yeah. Cove? Pirates, Pirates of the Cove, Cove was the most free, interesting, yeah. but the ones like Knights of the Nine was yeah, great. Well, Knights of the Nine was more. And the was, Shivering Isles was amazing. Well, yeah, Shivering the, Isles was that's great. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the very like minor quest updates that they would release, like the Pirates Cove and stuff like mm. that. Right, but they only ever did like two of those, and then they went on to these I larger ones. More than that. But I, I'm just saying that you were just saying that the Fallout 3 shown what they should be doing, but even within the life of Oblivion, like a few months afterwards, they were still doing some major I, content that was like unlike what anything. I think Knights of the Nine is similar to what they did with Fallout, but I just don't think that it was as well realized as the Fallout DLC no. was. <laughs> no, don't you yeah. bring your logic to, to me. <laughs> I have my gut. But yeah, I actually have been playing a a whole lot outside of that just because I've been at my parents and when I was yeah. at my parents I had only my DS and even then I Whew. pretty much didn't I just didn't play all that much yeah. so I played the uh, hanging out with my parents while they watched foreign movies game which is not <laughs> fun by the way because my dad can't read it so my mom reads all the subtitles aloud <laughs> <laughs> as wow. they're appearing I saw your tweet about that <laughs> oh my god I missed I, that I was like I'm gonna die <laughs> so. yeah so tell me about this Borderlands DLC we already uh, we already know it's nothing like the first one no um, so I, th I think that I briefly talked about my impressions of the Borderlands DLC a couple weeks ago and that I hadn't really played very much um, so it's the three arenas that are broken down uh basically there's like a hub and then you you start out with just these three minor versions of it unlocked which are uh five rounds of five waves each so basically it's a uh, 25 waves of uh of enemies to fight with uh like there are horde waves where it's a bunch of the psychos running around and there's the badass wave which is self-explanatory and the gun wave and stuff like that um so today i i finished the the beginning waves like the beginning arenas and found out that that unlocks new arenas which are 20 rounds long and five waves each so these are 100 waves each which uh wow uh, yeah it's a lot of waves and you can't save midway no you have to do it all at once Duh. this is not single player content if you do not have a group of friends you can play borderlands with like for a good two hours to three hours in a stretch like if ODST seemed like it was pushing it for you for firefight, then this right. is not for you. Well, it does mm. seem though that this is like, like the Island of Doctor Ned was for people that wanted 
a more storyline experience, and this seems like it's very much for people that want that horde mode experience, but yeah, in Borderlands. Yeah. And in that respect, it's fine. Um, Except for the time commitment part. And it's much, okay. it feels much more man- manageable. Like when we were, when I was playing single player, it's not manageable at all. Mm-hmm. Like it was a struggle to get through the five rounds, which is 25 waves. Um, like past that, it would be literally impossible, I think, for someone to, uh, wow. to, to get through it because it just keeps getting harder after that, that fifth round. Um, like hmm. at the very end of, of the lower tier arenas like it'll have two modifiers per match that affect what's going on and then that just keeps going up so then it'll have three modifiers wow um and it might be like oh well this is the vampire modifier so you're always losing health but you have to shoot things to get it back and it's the the spastic modifier which means everything runs super fast mm-hmm. and then we're going to throw in the shotgun challenge which means the only weapon that will do really any damage worth we're doing is a shotgun Wow, my character is perfectly equipped for this. Or it'll be shotgun <laughs> elemental, <Keep going. laughs> shotgun elemental critical, meaning that you can only do decent damage with elemental shotguns with headshots. <laughs> Ready. Or it could do sniper rifles, where it's only sniper rifles that do elemental damage and headshots. I keep one of each. I'll yeah, I thought times. I kept one of each until I realized I didn't have a machine gun, and I was just standing there while Andy and Mitch were running around killing things. Oh. Um, and it keeps track of who kills what. So there's definitely <laughs> of well, that the and you're also factor. playing with people who are vastly higher level. Yeah, than you. which was, which is really probably the only reason that it seemed so easy to get through was because there were higher level people and against level thirty six enemies. But uh, level fifty people. But uh, I mean by by wave fifty, they were actually going down fairly regularly. So like they'd need to be revived. Um, I see. So it's just it's it's fun. Um I don't I feel like the thing that that sucks about firefight is that firefight just goes from manageable to break your balls basically over the course of a round. Mm-hmm. Uh and this is a much more gradual increase and feels much more doable. But ODST is is a better shooter than Borderlands is. Like the shooting itself and the combat mechanic is better than it is in Borderlands. I mean in my opinion. I don't. I like, no. <laughs> Borderlands is much more a thing that's great, like greater than the sum of its parts. Right. Um, whereas Agreed. ODST is like it, the parts is all it has. Um, so uh, I mean, Mad Moxie is fine if you have three friends who are similar level that you want to play with. Um, gotcha. But the loot so far has sucked. Yeah, I mean, oh, eventually completely. when you get to, like, level 36, though, like, even when I played through the entire island of Dr. Ned, I think I only ever got one gun that was like, I will use this at some point. Which is weird, because, I mean, is when you're playing single player as you're getting through the game, you are definitely finding better loot. Right, I just I just don't think that the DLC, from what I've seen, is, is well planned out, where they want to continue to upgrade yeah. your gear, as much as the, by the end of the game, they're like, you got what you need. And there's there was definitely stuff in the... Uh in the preview build that's not actually in the retail version of Mad Moxie. Like, mm-hmm. there's this weird gun scanner thing that had, like, a visual... One of those visual barcodes, like, the, the weird square barcodes with a code underneath it that you would enter on their website to unlock a gun. Hmm. But they took all of that out. Hmm. Um, okay. So, so I mean, as, as we were about to record the podcast, I literally just left my 360 running with other people in my party finishing this thing because we had gone... <laughs> 60 rounds into a 100 round thing 
Um, God damn. And I mean, that was definitely happening as we were talking a little while ago. I think I, they've got to be done at this point. They have to be. I would hope so. They have to be, right? <laughs> you go there like level 70. Uh, damn it. So well, I don't know if you got the achievement. You have to finish all three of a tier. God. So, yeah, it's, man, it's a huge time commitment. So if that's what you want, there's a lot of content there. Yeah. yeah. But if you don't have that core group of friends that's willing to sit and play Borderlands with you for like 15 hours through this <laughs> content, then it's probably not worth your money. Jeez. Um, so what else are you playing? Unless you want a bank. It does have a bank. Oh, well, that's you can nice. store gear. Uh, I finished and reviewed Bayonetta. Crazy? Uh, yes, Bayonetta is very crazy. Bayonetta <laughs> is Japan the game, uh, <laughs> as we discussed last time on Rebel FM. Mm-hmm. Um, I, right now I'm currently the low score for Bayonetta on Metacritic. <laughs> overall? Or what just would be the overall? most reputable yeah, what is low score? Uh, the low score is an 8 out of 10. Uh, wow. Everyone else is airing, or not airing, but they're giving it extremely high reviews. Uh, IGN gave it a 9.5. There are plenty of sites that have given it a Yeah, Eurogamer gave it okay. gave it a 9.5 or a 10. I um, mean, and that's great. You know, I'm, I'm excited for this game now. Like, it's just I, I mean, that's all the 360 version. I, I doubt most sites will do the, the PS3 one. It's like the first game that I can say that I've seen that is like the PS3 version is awful compared really? to the 360 version. Wow. Like Assassin's a, Creed PS3 it turns into like a less. yeah, but this is like it's. I mean, but this is like this is night and day. Yeah, yeah this is night. Yeah. Like it turns into a slideshow during like parts where it gets really intense. Like literally, like sub like five frames a second at times. Wow. Like, and then it uh, and then it has like no textures on anything. Like everything Whoa. looks like it. They forgot about textures. No, I mean, I I don't think that it's that on bad. the environments. In the environments, a lot of times it, it is like that the bad. textures are very are very blurry, and the resolution is a little. And IGN mm-hmm. people would walk by and they'd be like, Jesus Christ, what's wrong with your? console mm-hmm. they thought there were things wrong with this <laughs> thing that it wasn't loading them um because because wow. they had all seen the three i mean the 360 one does look good it looks mm-hmm. like it's a yeah. pretty game i i just feel like the things that i had to complain about bayonetta are things that were completely glossed over in a lot of the positive reviews which surprised me because they felt like pretty fundamental issues like what um, were some of them then like the fact she that, doesn't get fully naked i mean it is the most objectifying thing that i've ever seen in any piece of media shy of porn <laughs> um, and honestly, I have seen porn that is less objectifying than Bayonetta. Wow! Uh, it just it and it basks in it. Like yeah. your reward for finishing the game is a seven-minute dance routine where she is doing stripper dancing, basically, along with different characters out of the game and different environments. Like on a crumbling building, she's man. doing this. Dude, nine point five out of ten. Yeah. Hey, man, this is a Super Metroid. It was enough to see Samus in her suit or whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's. <laughs> Or like as you like as the game progresses in her her super attacks like the giant ones that do like the animals out of hair like right like they're they'll just be like a crane shot that like dives between her legs or like up her crotch or like down her cleavage or just in it just it it tries to eroticize her and I have never seen a game that successfully eroticizes anything like hmm. I've never seen a game that's titillating ever well it's it's also like you said it's deliberately objectifying yeah and to to somebody who's sensitive to that which i wish more people were it's uh it actually makes the game less enjoyable well and then there's this whole other audience where like people on neogaf are talking about masturbating to the game like just flat out like not like not illusions like someone said specifically i rubbed one out to this game yeah but i mean like i put it on easy 
Easy mode lets you play with one hand. <laughs> easy with one hand and rubbed it out with the other. DOA or something? Yeah. What's going on exactly. It makes DOA look conservative, this game. All right, but and then again, they're not covering this up, right? No, like, no, it's you know very I mean? like, obvious. Like, but you you go not... in here knowing that that's going to be part of the package. Yes. And, um, all right, and so, so I assume when you, you're, you can accept that. You know, even that point even barring that, like there there are moments of real brilliance in Bayonetta. The the combat system, the witch time mechanic in particular, right, uh, really does something special. It, it makes dodging an important thing in this game, and that's honestly not been something that's typically used a lot. Like in Ninja Gaiden, you were moving around a lot, always quickly, always countering, but dodging wasn't necessarily didn't have that kind of yeah. priority. Well, like God in God of War, War you would do it mm-hmm. just to keep combos going. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas in Bayonetta, I mean, you want to wait till the last second to dodge to invoke which time and then just absolutely wail yeah. on people with combat that is much more fluid than yeah. anything the Devil May Cry ever saw. And it happens naturally. I mean, I, I've only played the demo, but I quickly got accustomed to that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. wanting to keep doing it to get that the purple screen, you know, and to start mowing enemies now. And that's all great yeah. until they start throwing enemies at you where it's so invested in it looking cool or the style being overwhelming that you can't tell when you're being attacked like not just oh well that guy's patterns are weird it's maybe there's a giant enemy that is literally blocking the camera entirely and i'm just flailing on the buttons hoping that i'm doing some kind of damage Hmm. or there are enemies where it looks like they're attacking but they're not and when they are attacking it basically takes effect immediately and you can't tell and there are other enemies where you'll encounter a version of them later where it is impossible to invoke witch time. Best and, action game of E3. Yeah. Um, <laughs> According to the box. There, there uh, are other enemies that... I mean, there were enemies in Ninja Gaiden that would kill you really quickly near the beginning of the game. Right. There are just mid-stage enemies in this that will take off half of your life if they get you in a combo with no way out of it. And yeah. you, these are the same enemies that you can't invoke witch time against. And yeah, that's kind of strange because you can you can break your combos, right? Yes, you can break your Which combos nice. at any time. You can always dodge. Hmm. Um, right. And there's an there's an item mechanic to it, but it's very underdeveloped in that you don't get enough rings really to justify going into the store over and over again and buying stuff. It's a Sega game that you collect rings in. Yes, it is a <laughs> Sega game after all. Um, <laughs> at least you're using them for something, though. Right? And it's just. It, it's there's a lot of trial by death as i think sterling put it in his review which is totally apt like there are parts where you will not know what to do and you will have to die and the game punishes you for dying uh it keeps track of how many times you have to continue and just brutalizes you and your end level score for it oh god Um, it rates you for like every battle basically Mm -hmm. and so when you get like a bad score at the end it's just like does it post to an online leaderboard i don't know it probably does i was gonna say because that's the only reason that there is to care because otherwise your score who's gonna see it i'll tell everyone i got an s s rating all the time after Mm -hmm. each segment they kind of give you that that score screen right yeah does that feel intrusive i mean would you rather just keep going uh i mean it doesn't freeze the screen like it's like an overlay where it covers a lot but you can still move around all right right um yeah, but do you find just... that that reminds you, like, oh, yeah, I'm playing this dumb action game? <laughs> no, well, because usually I did really well. Like, seeing a gold or platinum or pure platinum medal is like, I did that okay. And then there's other times where it's like, that guy got me in one combo and took away half my life bar, and you're giving me a stone award for it because <laughs> because you took away my tools and didn't say anything. It's just, it seems to have a real identity problem between wanting to be this crazy over-the-top thing where every button push is just the most orgiastic display of violence and tits and ass <laughs> on a console. 
and wanting to be this super ball busting challenge that makes Tomonobu, Tomonobu Itagaki look like a giant pussy. <laughs> I, thought, um, I, I didn't get the impression that game was nearly as hard as Ninja Gaiden, though. Uh, there are parts that are just stupidly hard for no reason. But overall, just, it's not like Ninja no, Gaiden. No, it's the first enemy is going to murder you because the enemies aren't aren't as smart. Like it just surrounds you with more. It's the enemies are mm-hmm. not. Ninja Gaiden is is what it is because it feels like you're in a fighting game all the time, mm. and Bayonetta does not feel like that. Um, Bayonetta feels better than Devil May Cry. Like the enemies are smarter and they do a lot more, but they're still much more pattern oriented, I think, than than say Ninja Gaiden. And people got really mad when I brought up these comparisons in the. This review. game sounds awful. <laughs> if you like, I mean, and the other thing is, a lot of people that have given it really high scores have talked about how wonderful the atmosphere is and how much they love all the visuals and the music and the Kojima length cutscenes. And I'm not fucking joking you. There are about really? six hours of cutscenes in this game. Oh. <laughs> not just that, and then it's just Japan pop music the whole yeah, time. It's jazzy yeah, yeah. J pop influenced <laughs> stuff. It's not actual J pop because they're singing in English and. People felt the need to make that point on message boards over and over again. Anytime it's brought up, it's not J-pop because it's in English. It is J-pop inspired jazz that I, it's just super repetitive. Hmm. Um, So, I mean, can can you see how it got the higher scores then? I mean, these complaints sound pretty legit, you know. I I think that there's a divide between people in the gaming community that love Japan and Japan, Japanese things, and people that don't get it. And often the, these people can meet in the middle over like game mechanics and design and stuff like that. Like Mario is pretty Japanese, but it's still extremely accessible. Oh yeah, and yep. even Zelda at times is pretty Japanese. But this is, I think, that if you are a hardcore Japanophile, like this game is everything you've ever wanted in an action game. And if you just do not get the obsession over the craziest elements of Japanese culture on the other side, there's just going to be parts where you're like, I don't. This is like. Not only is this from another planet, it's from a planet that I wish would be destroyed by a giant meteor. And you might be thinking that to yourself during the fourth credits sequence. Fourth credits sequence? There is a boss fight. There is there are eighteen chapters, not including a prologue and an epilogue. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the epilogue you would think would be the end, but it's actually a giant, longer than anything else in the game boss fight. And then credits start, and then they stop, and you have to do another fight, and then credits start again, and or credits don't start, then it shows another ending movie, then you get in another fight, and, and credits start rolling, and then they stop, and you get another fight, and credits start rolling, and you get another fight, and then they start rolling, and then it cues into the seven-minute fucking dance movie. Wow. Well, you've earned it by that point. Like, yeah. <laughs> if during the break, one of you has to pee, I can actually show you that, because it unlocks in the menu. It is... <laughs> I yeah, we do have to mind check boggling, <laughs> uh, and that it sums up pretty much everything about the game. And the, the only reason it's so frustrating, the reason the review was so hard to write, was because there are times when the game mechanics are just so good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, I was really disappointed with Ninja Gaiden too. Um, mm. And in, at times, I'm like, this game is is better than Ninja Gaiden two. But at other times, I'm like, Ninja Gaiden two is much more consistent with what it expected of you. Um, so that's Bayonetta. That's why Bayonetta got an 8 out of 10. Because <gasps> if you're super into these kinds of games, yeah, people are... I got the why so low joke from some people. <laughs> yeah. But there were other people that were genuinely surprised by how low my score was and said, oh, well, you don't need to read this review. It's so much lower than all those other ones. Um, Sterling, <laughs> Sterling from G4 gave it a 4 out of 5. 
mm-hmm. but I feel like that's a little different than an eight out of ten. But that could just be me. Metacritic doesn't <gasps> think it is. It's but. the same thing. Uh, in the scheme of yeah, of the points, that it, the number <laughs> I, correlation yeah. it would have. I feel. I mean, I I just feel like a four out of five on G G four is a little more emphatic recommendation than an eight out of ten is on Team Xbox. It is only because they don't have half stars at G four. It's full stars or yeah. nothing. Um, just how it should be. Damn it. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely. I'm probably the. The the weirdest about scores right now at work, but who knows where that'll go. Um, That's because yeah. you're so edgy and different. I, it's Especially out, because they don't have they don't have a rubric of what fucks. numbers mean. <laughs> like hanging that? around with one up people for so long because they don't have a rubric of what the numbers mean. Team Xbox. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We don't have a rubric, and I hopefully that can change in the new year. Man, uh, but you know what bugs me? Like the that the six hour cutscenes is what worries me. Yeah, I, I'm getting sick of cutscenes in games that just don't need it. You know, I, I I can't stand them. Well, and then the other thing Especially is that action games. a lot of the coolest shit you see in Bayonetta is done in cutscenes, and you're like, well, why can't I be doing that? Yeah. yeah. Um, and even she, if, even like, I, I like quick time events even more than I like really uh, long points. And the quick time events in Bayonetta are bad. Mm. They require two button presses, and they, mm-hmm. they always mix it up, so there's never any, like, established pattern where you know, oh, well, if I have to, to jump left or right, then I'm going to have to do this. I really like the way uh, God of War 3 does does their quick time events because it it has the button uh, the button press but it has it off to the side of the screen the same orientation that it is on your pad so you can still be concentrating on what's going on in the middle of the screen and i know that if i'm playing on the you know and i know that like if the button's over on the right hand side then i'm going to be hitting that button on the controller right yeah you know i'll be hitting circle yeah or if it's on the bottom of the screen i'll be hitting x so i don't even have to look at the button i just have to think of the location in right. my head just hardwired well, in your brain yeah yeah no, that's a good way to do it yeah so it, yeah bayonetta has a lot to like for people who okay. like that kind of game yeah but if you if you've never been into character action games and you're not obsessed with japan japan or japanese culture you will look at bayonetta and wonder what the point is interesting in my opinion because otherwise everything I say is obviously fact unless I preface it by saying this is my opinion (laughs) (laughs) right to the internet to the internet Um, and then I've been playing a bunch of Dragon Age but nobody cares about Dragon Age I do I care about tribes. Uh, I care about (laughs) games older than tribes Uh, let's see if I can boil Dragon Age down to fingers Uh, fuck the fade fuck the fade fuck the fade fuck the fade I really like the characterization. You just suck at games. Yes, that is definitely <laughs> it. <suck> at games. <laughs> yeah. All right. And the the inventory system is better than Mass Effect, but still not good. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> nice. All right. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll do email. some letters from you folks. Walls. I made my way into the dark. Salvation laid in a So let me do right by you. Let me do right by you. When Dark times block the sun. I was nothing if not time. I 
Welcome back to our letters segment. Um, I have this. The first letter is from. Is from. Okay, so his email name says his name is Oldis, right? But at the end he signs it Rob. So I don't know. That's What's cool. Up with that? I prefer Oldis, actually. Yeah, we're going to call you Oldis. He says uh, it has become a trend to give players free choice of actions, presenting us with moral choices. Uh, he says, I myself am a player who likes to gain bad karma in games. I didn't just um, march into Megaton and Fallout 3 to blow everyone's faces off, but I wanted to kill Moira. <laughs> he calls her a meth, a meth snuffer. I don't know why. <laughs> you know who Moira is, right? She's oh, the yeah, no. Okay, okay. And I hope that he really enjoyed what happens with Moira if you do blow up Megaton. The second she sent me to get eaten by Murlocs is what he calls them, but they're called a... Uh, Whatever those crab things are. Yeah, I know. Could I continue my quest if I blew her into the other side of the hemisphere? Would I gain anything by killing her? He doesn't say what he chose to do. What happens if you try and kill her? She turns into a ghoul and you find her somewhere else. How do you know this? Because I read the Fallout 3 wiki. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So not only does he not kill Moira, he makes her live forever. Nice. He says, says, I feel like Fallout 3 is a bad example because you can loot practically everything. But he says, but oftentimes in games, I feel like bad choices are nerfed. For example, this guy walked up on in, uh, what game is this? Oh, Dragon Age Origins. I was confused because mm. he had a D-A colon O. I was like, what mm. is that? Damn. Dragon Age Origins. Damn. He begged for my help to get to safety. Seconds later, I decided to leave him. One Damn. of my companions wouldn't leave with an injured man on his feet, so I decided to kill him. I'm certain that if I had helped him, he would have rewarded me. No option to loot his pockets or take his shining sword. Now once he's dead, I have to carry on with two bitching companions, which now I will probably not have sex with how is this for reward (laughs) (laughs) he just says have you encountered situations where you get frustrated with moral choices or dialogue tree options and probably not in mine or arthur's cases because we tend to play good i I, always play the good guy too like i was gonna say you know well oldest if you choose to be the bad guy then you have to face the consequences of your actions sir but a lot of games actually it's my understanding that you can be more powerful being evil than you can being good it's harder to play through as good i always i always felt like whenever because i i tried to play evil in kotor for a little while like after i'd beat it the first time i tried to play the evil route and it it. just i I can't do it either i could i could i did it for a while but it seemed boring like and i totally agree with him that like I think the I don't I don't necessarily think your character is nerfed, but I think like the story is nerfed because it's like you you end up uh, it's like well what do we do here kill him all right so what should we do here kill him you know it's like it's you so fewer fucking evil boring. options yeah your 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 option every time when you're evil is just to kill everything and like uh, but then again one of my roommates at the time played through the evil part of Kotor and he said. Man, it got so rad toward the end. It was like it was great. Like I did all this stuff, you know, and like I, mean, I became can, evil Revan. And, in in Kotor, you get super manipulative. Yeah, when you're evil. Yeah. Um, so like, but for the most part, I'm like I'm like you and Anthony. Like I just won't know most of the time because I always play the good guy. I mean, the thing I'm noticing about Dragon Age is that there's not there's a lot of points in Dragon Age where there's not a good or evil option. There it's is, just like there's no good decision. Yeah. Well, there's no good or evil in Dragon Age. Like, there's no karma meter or anything like that. You make whatever decisions you want to at the time. I guess it's only good or bad in the sense of how your companions react. In the sense of how you feel about it as the player. And you never make all your companions happy. 
Like, especially no. if you have Alistair and Morgan in your party. Like, you yeah. are always pissing one of them off. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Um, That's what gifts are for. Adam writes mm-hmm. in, and he says, I have two questions. One, what games would you like to receive the Pac-Man Championship Edition or Bionic Commando Rearm Treatment? Um, personally, he said, I'd love to see Joust reinvented for this generation. Anybody? I'm sure we'll get old, a, a old nice games? Joust redo when the movie comes out. It's not based off the game, is it? No, yes, just... it is. What? They're making a movie out of the Joust game. Really? Are How they? can they make a movie it, out of the Joust game? It's, like just, in... it's just like ostriches. How are they the making things? a fucking Asteroids movie? Joust Wait, is like they? the I... Bible in comparison to that. Yes. Where have you been? I didn't know Well, they could make a movie called Asteroids, and it's not based off the game. It's it just is based off the game. Did you know they this, bought Craig? the license no, this is for all Asteroids to the game to make did, a did movie. Did you pay like, buy a new crop of games? No, or this is like a legit production deal where they're Yeah, like but it just seems like calling story. Asteroids would be like saying that... Meteor. Yeah, like any <laughs> movie that involved meteors is like, that was the Asteroids I, movie. Yeah, welcome to July's Conversations. They're, they're making an Asteroids movie with money like after buying the license to asteroids the game to make a movie out of it well probably because they couldn't make a game called asteroids otherwise would be my imagine well what's why would you want to because your movie's going to be called asteroids and then yeah joust has been in sort of development like for a long ass time some kick-ass like cg ostriches that fly (laughs) and yeah what what, what's what's his what's his question though with that what because, other games would you like to see, like classic games, get that? Well, know. they're different types of treatment. Like Pac-Man was kind of reinvented for CE. That's true. Whereas, and Bionic Commando was just, was just kind of reskinned. Remake. Yeah. That is a good point. Um, but I, I mean, think, but uh, so like if you could have a game that would be reborn, though, in like either of those kinds of treatments or maybe a new kind of treatment, I mm-hmm. guess, what would it be? I think it'd be interesting to see a Qbert redo in the same cool. vein as Pac-Man CE. Yeah. I mean, I find I'm thinking back to that era. Yeah. And what I mean, like, Space Invaders Extreme was uh, put in that same category. That was just That's amazing, you know? Great. And I, just, I want to see other classic shooters done like that, you know, like Defender or, or something. So just, you're, uh, you're saying it was extreme? <laughs> I, I, would choose, I wouldn't like to use that uh, <laughs> particular wording, but it, it actually, <laughs> I think it's actually It's okay, man. We're taking it back. <laughs> take an extreme back <laughs> I don't know it goes right it, next to red right. um, I think the 90s wants to hold on to it with like a death grip <laughs> what about you Matt what do you think uh, I always thought Tempest could be a good one did you, you never played Tempest no I know I, they've done, it's just they've done Tempest over and over again like they did Tempest 2000 and it seems like every console generation yeah. has like an Tempest. Yeah, but those, those are crappy remakes. And I'm like, he, he was asking, you know, what could get a good remake? And hey man, I think Tempest, Tempest 2000 good was remake. the reason to own a Jaguar. <laughs> That's true. What about I like, never played Tempest 2000, but yeah. that was kind of the one that just stuck off my head. I'd have to think about it more. No, actually, I do know Elevator Action. Oh, oh man, I played awesome. that game the other day, and it was it was awful. I'd never played it before. <laughs> That's really? what I'm saying. That game is great. Yeah. It, it, I think I because I don't game. have any nostalgic memories. I just booted it up in the emulator the other day because someone told me how awesome it was, and I was like, "It's like the most fucked well, up." It, it kind of let you live your your dreams of being a spy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it. I have very fond memories of that. I would love yeah, to see that too. done. done you have well. to get really. You'd have to get really used. To, like it's. Uh, I had to get really, really good at, at using the elevators. <laughs> you know, it's like well, yeah, you, was, can, you can you know move them up and down at will, like yeah. inch by inch. You know, yeah. and you can shoot guys, use it to dodge them. 
It was really fun. I think another one would be, I want to see Burger Time. Burger Time. Yeah, that, would be, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> one of Out Magazine's 10 gayest games of the last 25 years, I believe. Burger really? Time? Yeah, they just Why put together, it? they threw together this list that was intentionally designed, I think, to generate a little controversy amongst gamers. I mean, what was the reasoning behind a Burger Time? It was like a thinly veiled thing about gay hookup culture from the 80s. <laughs> what was? Burger Time. I don't get According it. I still to follow this. Yeah. It was a tongue-in-cheek thing from Out, I think, huh. which is a uh, a magazine for gay, lesbian, and transgendered culture, in case you're mm-hmm. not familiar with the magazine Out. Okay. The other question he asked is, what, what, if anything, would make us use PlayStation Home even on a regular basis? The right. weird thing is, is I actually went into PlayStation Home like a week and a half ago just because I was really curious. Yeah. And uh, I was walking around asking myself that same question and unable to come up with an answer. A good game inside of it? I mean... Actually, you know, like, I just remember one thing I did think of is I walked into the movie theater and they have the trailers and stuff that are playing there. And I was like, you know what? If I could actually, like, walk into a movie theater with my friends, see an actual, you know, maybe current run or recently run movie... And we could all sort of like be online together and while watching this movie at the same time and maybe chat to one another. That might be something I could do in home. If you could go to a virtual into. movie theater with a with a group of your friends and just sit down in that and watch it. Yeah, or moment. or like even if you, it, I thought it would be super awesome if I could put in a Blu-ray in my in my PlayStation if I had the bandwidth, stream it to my friends. Yeah, and we could all happen. watch it. You know, I know. <laughs> But, I mean, like, if, if you're going to have a shared environment, it's yeah. got to have shared experiences. And to and PlayStation Home does it wrong. You know, you go in there into this shared environment, but everything that you can do that's interesting is an individual experience, except for the occasional game of pool. Yeah. They have to make it interesting, though, and do, do like a kind of like a direct-to-DVD, but do it direct-to-home. Mm-hmm. Make it like Joust or Asteroids, the movie. You know, <laughs> those in there. If, yeah. You know what? If Home were more like Big Trouble in Little China, like the Chinatown of Big Trouble in Little China, I would go into Home all the time. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, like an- with funeral possessions and trucks. And Another night, listener wrote in just to let us know that we had won some awards from some uh, huh. website called Cast Medium. Oh, oh yeah. nice. Cast Medium? I'm- uh, I don't know who that is. But best nice. format actually went to the Mobcast. Nice. Um, best production... Went to winner is a life well wasted, and the well, runner duh. up was co op. Huh. You know, I, uh, I feel like those are reversed. Yeah, really? Me too. Yes, I really like a life well. Wasted. Yeah, I oh, so do like I. a life well wasted too. But you know what? You guys do something. You do it extremely well, and you do it weekly, weekly, mm. on a regular schedule. Best opening theme went to us. Yeah, so that's not really an award for us. That's a award for Chris. For, yeah, Chris. That, that is. Yeah, and I'm glad they got Chris. props because yeah, nice. I was telling you guys before the show, I was mad about that person who wrote in saying he didn't like it. I'm like, come on, this is the most unique and creative and fun one out of all. And it's not some like tech music or gaming music, you know? It's, yeah, he did a really good job of just being unique in that way. Yeah. His band is called the Barnstormers, and you have been here. You will hear them in the breaks. I might actually just use one of their songs as the intro. I think song you can too. buy their album off of either CD Baby or iTunes. It's just Barnstormers is the name of the artist. It's pretty good. That's awesome. Murder by Deathy. Yeah, and then best new podcast 2009. Us. Whoa! Wow! Nice. Congrats! Right behind, right Who above. Gamed that poll. Right above four <laughs> guys. Right above four guys. One up. I might add. 
It's not wow. really a new. Well, maybe podcast. they had two. Maybe it got split between the listen up and four guys one up vote. Yeah, <laughs> maybe exactly. that's how we won. <laughs> we, I mean, but yeah, that was all. I just thought that was interesting. Thank you, Cast Medium. I, yeah. Word up, dogs. I, I don't know who I hope votes that on you that. You are instituting new poll security to make sure that that kind of <laughs> tomfoolery doesn't go down again. But in the meantime, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that's really um, funny. This guy named Kieran just wants to know. He says, uh, most of us started listening to the show in the beginning, did so because of one of the ex-one-uppers. We all know Anthony, but I don't think we know where Arthur used to work before he was unemployed. I remember in one of the first weeks he mentioned he was laid off, but he didn't specify from where. Arthur's mentioned that he's a writer and an artist. Just curious about a question that I don't believe has been answered. Thanks for all the hard work. He just wants to know uh, where you I, I did. Uh, I worked for dot-coms and stuff before the podcast and did some freelance a little bit here and there. And then before that, we... I graduated from college in 2007, and then we moved out here so Anthony could work at 1UP, and I could try to work for 1UP. Mm-hmm. You say .coms, you mean gaming sites? No, or? no, no, like just .coms. Like, mm-hmm. I work for stuff. Like, companies are like, I got work. a great fucking idea. Like, you know, any of those 8 million tech companies that live and right. die in the mission and in, in, uh, in the financial district? Sure, yeah. 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 Lies. All lies. It's, it's a true San Francisco experience, though. Yeah. You know, unless you do one of those, you haven't really done the city foosball tables and break rooms <laughs> rock band right. setups and break rooms weekly lunches friday bagels mm-hmm. all that shit okay dot com dot com he said this com. this next letter is from alan and i haven't even read it but it's just titled my sincerest apology so i wanted to read it it could be since he says greetings rebel fm i am writing you today from my iphone to tell you a little story and apologize for past mistakes We've also become priests, along with uh, marriage advice. (laughs) (laughs) I am completely honest because I deeply respect the three of you and your opinions. I've been torrenting the last few game clubs on PC because of my misguided idea that I shouldn't pay for games that I can get for free. Oh, Um, that's what he's apologizing for, for being a Please do not judge me as some douche pirate for this. Dude, as far as the thing goes, especially... That's the only way you can find it now. Yeah, you can't. You can't even buy it. There's no way for you to I directly mean, support the developer. Let's just flat out say it. I looked for a torrent of the thing on PC uh, so that we would have a way to distribute it among us. And the only version I found is a version that does not have broken security. Like, it will not run. And all the cracks have a virus. So for you guys' yeah. sake, I hope you have not been playing the thing on PC mm. with a cracked EXE. Ouch. Because Windows that... Security's Essentials caught that shit right away. Wow. And it was like, this is yeah. a really nasty Trojan. Chuff gave me a, uh, a PS2 disc. Now I'm yeah. more, more than ever grateful for that. No Trojans on that. No. Um, this Trojan letter is from Jocelyn, which we've read f- letters from before. Wait, did that, that other one not go anywhere else? It was just Yeah, he just wanted to apologize for that, man. And then <laughs> said to get that off his chest. About, yeah, yeah, he just really wanted <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all, I, I download music from... from Torrent trackers. So we have read, because I recognize the signature, we've read letters from this Jocelyn. It says, uh, but it just wanted to say, it's titled, I'm a guy. That's the, <laughs> and it just says, hey, I just wanted to let you know I'm a guy. I've been writing a couple times. You always refer to me as she. I guess my name, name is a female Jocelyn. name in the U.S. Yeah. But I'm part of the French part of Canada, and this is a common male name here. So he says, now my question. After seeing Rogue Warrior review terribly, I'm a little bit concerned about the upcoming Alien vs. Predator. You should be. I'm a big fan of <laughs> Alien vs. Predator 2, and I seriously hope that Rogue Warrior is not an idea of things to come. Revelion did develop the first AVP game, which was excellent, and I seriously hope they get this one just as good. What do you think? I think I their think... last game was Alien vs. Predator Requiem on the PSP. Yeah. 
I would uh, not hold your fucking breath. <laughs> and I definitely would not buy it when it comes out day one. I have not heard a lot of positive buzz about Alien vs. Predator. Uh, but, I mean, that's just what I've heard. I haven't played it. So, so do you still pronounce it Jocelyn, even though it's French? Or is, is it Jacques? Jacques. Jocelyn. Yeah, he didn't correct Jocelyn. the pronunciation, did he? No, he just yeah. said he just said it's just that's a common guess name what? for guys. You're still a girl, Jocelyn. Yeah, I've only known female Jocelyn. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I work one lone female to write in. Is I work with a dude, a dude named Hillary. You know, I yeah. you know what Hillary I've heard is a guy's name. I've never heard Jocelyn as a guy's name. That's like a dude named Catherine. <laughs> um, <laughs> no offense, Jocelyn. So, <laughs> Hannah, correct us on the pronunciation, if nothing else. Hannah writes in. Hannah is this a guy, a girl? girl? Like, no, we have met Hannah. <laughs> Hannah is a okay. female. Okay. Hannah identifies can't be sure. <laughs> okay. Um, so she's going to have to spend a crazy 12-hour night shift the day of and the day before her birthday Aww. in a hospital. Uh. And she wants to know if we can help her out by listing a book and an album that we've enjoyed this year. That way she can fill up her Kindle and iPod with stuff to uh, kill the time with. I'll go. I'll I'll go first. Sure. Album is called. Well, album you can get either one by this band named Videra. I like them. And then book, I would get the Paradox of Choice. There you go. Well done. Uh, it depends on if you like sci-fi and fantasy trash, like I do. She listens to this podcast. Oh, she yeah. likes the sci-fi and fantasy trash. <laughs> then uh, pick up. Um, uh, the author's name is Robin Hobb. Um, the oh, I can't remember the name of the book. Uh, somebody else go. I'm gonna look it up on my Kindle app real quick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have any. I'm trying to think of any books I read. The last one I read was The Road. Oh, yeah, how was that? Was it good? It, it's great. You know, it's kind of the one of those you have to be prepared to be. It's very like let's say a gray Realized. novel, just kind of like almost depressing, but it it's well it's well written and it's a good story. But don't expect to be uh, like jumping up and down when you're done with it and albums I, I don't really like last I don't really listen to much music so I I, I bought like the Watchmen uh, soundtrack that was actually pretty good in terms of like mixtape of like like 70s music yeah that's a really good soundtrack yeah um album wise if you're looking for something rock or heavy uh Baroness's Blue Record is really good if uh, you're not so much into the heavier stuff, Bat for Lashes is my other favorite album, Two Sons, they released this year. Um, Book-wise, uh, this didn't come out this year, but I didn't read it till this year. Uh, the Steel Remains by Richard Morgan is really good, unconventional One. fantasy. <laughs> One. <laughs> Choices. So, so make my... me quote Garnet Lee in here. Um uh, yeah, the still remains is really good. The it the narrative is a little whacked near the end, but the characterization is awesome, and it's a very unconventional main hero. Okay, Matt, you can borrow my copy when we get get done. So I can totally recommend uh, Assassin's Apprentice by Robin Hobb, uh, which is you know it's a it's a good take on a fantasy on the fantasy genre, and it's done in the first person, which is kind of rare. And it's more uh, of a noir detective novel kind of thing. Yeah, except it's fantasy, and the and when I got it, this it's the first part in like a trilogy, or is it four books? I can't remember. But anyway, the the first book is actually was actually free on Amazon when I got it for the Kindle edition. Anyway, 
I mean, that's how they rope you in, is they give you the first book of the trilogy th- uh, for free. And then you equating you Amazon with buy drug the next dealers? Two or three. Yeah, <laughs> I am. So first time's free, man. Come on, everybody. That's how they get you with Amazon Prime. Two months, two months. But anyway, <laughs> since you mentioned Kindle stuff, you know, like maybe you could get that one for free. And if you like it, then you can buy the rest of the series. Music? Um, I am a musical music idiot. I don't follow it. I don't keep track of it, so not I have no recommendations. One, not even one record. You I have like not bought a single record in probably three years. I'm and that and I'm not saying that I only download music. I haven't even downloaded music in probably three years. I just I'm I don't listen. I, I have music I that yeah. I listen to, but it's only like <clears throat> if somebody gives me an album of something, then I'll listen to it. And I'll go, hey, this is great. I should listen to music more. And this right. is why Ryan O'Donnell is better than Matt Chandernay. <laughs> Ouch. Except he wouldn't have any book recommendations. I'm trying to find a, an excellent letter to end it with. That's a good point. So many are are longer winded, I feel, than what we want. Well, I just wanted to find someone who says something. Do a longer winded one and then do a short one. Well, the, the, that's the whole thing is that I don't I don't see a whole lot of uh, of either. Too much text just, didn't read. <laughs> you said you saw a lot of those. You mean good ones you're, you're trying to apply? Yeah, well, <laughs> plenty of these I read. Like, I basically read almost every single letter we yeah. get. I just don't always read them on the show or respond to them because sometimes... We should create, like, a subfolder. They're good, longer good winded. and drop them in there. Then, yeah. uh, that is way too much preparation that you're expecting. Then what we'll make... But here's here, this can be a particularly uh, good question considering most everyone here. Um, he says... So this is from Conrad, and he says, So the time of year had me in a mood to revisit the one-up UGO buyout, and as I found myself perusing dead threads dedicated to the topic, I felt the need to ask if, a year later, anyone has any additional thoughts to share on the matter. Has the distance from the incident given you a new perspective on it? Do you feel you're in a better place now? Or was there something special at one-up that your new position hasn't been able to recapture? And that's, this is a good one, because all three of us here got laid off that day. Yeah. Right. I'm... Uh, I mean, it, it, it one up was pretty special. I don't think that's gonna be recreated anywhere. Yeah, but that, I remember that day when we all were in that room, looking around that room of the people to be fired, and we knew. Go, yeah, it was just like I'm like, wow, the amount of talent in this in this room right now that's being let go. You could make like a new site that would be like of such high quality, you know, and so many respected people. Like it should be able to succeed, and this is ridiculous that we couldn't succeed. And you just realize that Ziff Davis just didn't care to make it happen. You know, and it's a business business decision. They wanted to make money off of this. It wasn't working at the time, but they weren't putting money in to make it happen. You know, it's a long, convoluted problem there. But they didn't want it to happen, so it wasn't going to. And UGO just wanted a website. And they understandably did not want to buy a magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not going to lie and say I don't miss the way 1UP was then. I'm glad in a lot of ways that I'm still not there now just because it wouldn't be the same and I, yeah. I would feel weird working into like a skeleton of what it was. Yeah. But uh, I'm happier now than I was right when we got laid off. I have a job and everything and it's uh, been, I, I always thought when I worked at one Up that I wouldn't be able to work at another outlet, but that is, I, that is not true as, <laughs> I, as I found. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, yeah, we were, we're, we're in such a passion industry I think you're going to find wherever you go, you're going to find people who have that passion. It helps that I work with yeah. Ryan Scott, who I used to work with yeah. before. Yeah. So. yeah, definitely. Yeah, Matt, do you feel happy? Um, or I, happy-ish? Well, it's weird because, you know, I had only been working at 1UP for a year. 
and I haven't been there much longer. Yeah, I but I absolutely loved my job as producer on the One Up Show. You know, it was like, um, it wasn't what I thought I was going to do with my life, but I felt like I'd landed somewhere that I belonged. So when I got laid off, it was pretty soul crushing. But it was also this weird kind of free thing, like all right, now we have this opportunity to do this thing where we'd always been talking about when we knew shit was going downhill at one up and we knew things were going to go south. We were like, well, what can we do afterwards? Well, here's our chance to actually implement that and give it a go. And so I'm really glad that we've done it. And I've, I've really, I've really been very happy with what we've been able to do with area five, even though we're not making any money yet. I still feel like we have such amazing potential there that if we can just hang on long enough, we're going to hit some kind of we're going to hit some kind of point where things are going to start just looking up and up and up. And uh, so it's been a very, very hard year, you know, financially and work-wise because we've been working so hard for so little money. But when it comes down to it, I can't help but think of that layoff as overall a good thing in my life. And uh, as far as my perspective on the companies go, like I, you know, it, it if I was you, if I was some of the people over at UGO, I would be thinking that I made a very bad decision by having things go down the way that they did. Um, I don't know if that's what they think, but it seems to me like it's got to be pretty obvious that when they bought one up, the one up that they bought isn't the one up that they ended up with. Right. And it's, you know, like everybody that's there still does fantastic work and it's still it's still a good site, but it's not the same thing as they were buying. And, right. you know, it's like, there's no, there's no, there's no way to sugarcoat the fact that they, that they dumped over half the talent there. Yep. I just thought we didn't on that somber letter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I didn't have a fun one, uh, quick one to end on. No, I mean, it's, but over, it's, overall, it's the end I of the year I'm, podcast. Yeah. So. I think I'm, I <laughs> so think I'm a happier. Everyone knows Christmas is a melancholy time. Yeah. I we think are, I'm a happier person now than I was at the end of the days of 1UP. Yeah. We're not waiting for that shoe to drop. Yeah. Well, it's nice, too. Yeah, There's that, that, that yeah. happening and the fact that, that at 1UP I had only been hired for like three months and now I feel a lot more confident as an employee and as a writer. And I'm still thankful to have someone like Ryan Scott with magazine experience lording over me and sending my work <laughs> back to me when I fuck up. Mm-hmm. So, um, no. yeah, it's very good to have someone like that. I mean, that's the good thing. It's like, it's like, yeah, it sucks that I got laid off, but me at least I'm really fortunate to have moved at least with one person that I really liked working with. Mm-hmm. I'm not completely on my own. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, where can the internet find you, Arthur? Twitter.com slash A-E-G-I-E-S. You don't have to tell them Twitter anymore. Just say my Twitter account is A-E-G-I-E-S. And you can talk shit about my Bayonetta review at TMXbox.com. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's not going to happen. No, it already did. <laughs> so <laughs> Too if, late. If someone on the internet wanted to find you and if you wanted to share that information, <laughs> Greg. Yeah, my, my Twitter account is Greg Food. And you, and you can see my work on occasion at uh, bitmob.com and on a couple podcasts, uh, Sports Anomaly for 1UP and uh, nice. Player One Podcast Nice with some former EGMers. I listen Word to Player Word. One Podcast sometimes. I do. Cool. Matt? Uh, Area5.tv. My Twitter account is TalkingOrange. And then you can also watch our show at revision3.com slash co-op. It's also on iTunes, of course. I was going to say all that, but I will add that you can listen to the Mobcast 
at uh, bitmob.com. You can listen to the Geekbox at geekbox.net. And uh, you should also check out our other podcast, if you like Rebel FM, which is Game Club, where we're currently playing through the thing. Uh, you can send us your letters at letters at eat-sleep-game.com. And you can follow me at Twitter. Well, I'm not even going to say that because I just gave you shit. Chuff Money. Chuff Money is my Twitter, too late. Twitter <laughs> handle. You already look like a hypocrite. It's fine. Um, so, yeah. Enjoy the Barnstormers album music that you hear on the way out. Barnstormers. Check them out. They're good. All right. We'll see you all next week in 2010. Nobody home No one to hear me cry I'm all alone I'm all liquored up With the phone on the floor With my head spinning around I can't take anymore